one of the all-time favorite shows. to a very special episode of Because You Were Home. It is spooky mm-hmm. season. I'm so excited. It's like, it was a great idea to do these extra episodes just for the month that it is and the whole topic that we're doing. We just had so many extra ideas that ties along with the spooky season. Exactly. And we are obsessed with Halloween. We're obsessed with all things spooky. Dare I so... say, bigger than Christmas. Everyone at work just keeps, I know, I know it's controversial, very controversial, but um, everyone at work is just, they're skipping Halloween and they're like, can't wait for Christmas, there's X much days till Christmas, I'm like, but Halloween, Halloween no, still has to happen. I absolutely love them both. I would put them, I do love yeah. Christmas as well, but I also hate how Halloween gets forgotten about. And I wouldn't even say in the run up to Christmas, because there's still three bloody months away or just under three months away. Well, you see, I usually start my Christmas songs at around June anyway, Ugh. so yeah, I'm... I'm You're a, halfway to Christmas, kind uh, of crack. I'm a, I'm a Christmassy Halloween girl. It's I'm, I'm a holiday person. Any That's celebration I like that I can before. have, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all of the month of October, we will be doing a special episode each Thursday for Trick or Treat Thursday. Mm-hmm. And we're very excited about our first episode because we have such a special guest. I actually couldn't kind of believe that yeah. when I put this out there to the universe, essentially, and said that someone would, would answer, <laughs> that somebody and somebody like this would yeah. come back to us. Absolutely. Like, it just shows how we have a bit of it not not that we have a reach but we have listeners like in places where we never would have thought of and we have people interested in talking to us yeah it, it obviously it still means... feels like a little hobby to me absolutely yeah it's really exciting this week we have christy from soul sisters mm. paranormal investigation it's an all-female paranormal investigation team it comprises of her friends her sisters and uh, today we get to talk to her and ask her all the questions that we have. All the questions you think about, all the questions you'd never think about asking, we did them all. So without further ado, will we get Christy on? Absolutely. So how are you finding everything in America right now with COVID? Uh, you know, there's been a few inconveniences, um, but, uh, you know, we've actually been able to go on a couple investigations. Um, if, as long as you're just smart about things, um, it's it's really not that bad. Um, you know, we've had some symposiums canceled and some paracons that we were supposed to go to that were canceled. But um, other than that, it's just been some minor inconveniences for me personally. Okay. Yeah, that's really good to know, because that was actually going to be my next question. That was, has it gotten in the way? of your any of your investigations um we actually right as um uh, florida really shut down um we were able to get two investigations under our belt so we're still going through the evidence um and reviewing those things um but we have some we have two lined up for the end of the year that are still a go um and then we just lined up one in january and february of next year that are a go so it, it's like i said it's just been minorly inconvenienced for us <laughs> Okay, that's brilliant that you were able to get them in mm-hmm. beforehand so that you could actually kind of do the, the work that you can do during this time. Absolutely. And uh, I mentioned that I grew up in a house that was like over 100 years old. And when mm-hmm. I was a child, I just presumed it would be haunted because it's old. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, it just kind of hit or miss on some of those um, historic locations. But and we were so excited to get you on as well. It's um, it's so cool what you do. It's really great. Oh, well, thank you. The thought as well of it being this all girl gang <laughs> is just amazing, and sisters as well. And you have a friend in there that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so we we kind of started a little bit like y'all. Um, obviously not due to any type of pandemic, um, yeah. but uh, it it was it did it very much started out as a girls trip. Um, my sisters and I live in different parts of the country, so and we we've always been ta- we've always been taken with history and and travel, and so we would routinely get together and do different things over girls weekend several times a year. And then in 2013, we had the opportunity to go to Moundsville, West Virginia, which is where the Moundsville State Penitentiary is located. And that's one of the most haunted locations in the country. And we had a family friend that sat on the board of Moundsville Prison at the time. And he said, why don't y'all stay the night and investigate? So it really wow. was a, a girl's trip that catapulted us into the paranormal. We'd never get an opportunity like that. That's our time <laughs> yeah. girl's trip Yeah, as well. that would be amazing. I'd I- I'd love something like that, an opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where are y'all located specifically then? We're just north of Dublin. Oh, perfect. Okay. Um, the town that we live in would be a medieval town. It's over 800 years old. Oh, nice. Um, there's been wars. Yeah, a lot of battles around where we live. There was a battle of the Boyne. The river that goes through Drogheda. Yeah, okay. it was actually a battle between a king and his son-in-law. Okay. Um, from Denmark. Yeah, James II and William of Orange. Yeah. And there was this big war and um, it was the main places were the Boyne and Ockram, the place in Galway. So we're very close to where that happened. And then as well, our town would have been taken over siege uh, by Cromwell. Yeah. Um, okay. um, wow. Very historic town. There's all some original walls as well. So, yeah, I have um, a town wall in my back garden as well, in my parents' house. <gasps> That's incredible to me, you know, and the way you describe it, I, you know, I, um, Leap Castle over there in Ireland is one of the places that is on my bucket list that once we start uh, actually being able to go over to England and, and Ireland and Europe, that's one of the places that I just, I really want to get to just because of the historical nature of it, but also of that, that paranormal claims, um, those paranormal claims that are there, but any place in Ireland, like I said, when we come over, you will we'll definitely, uh, Get, pick you guys up and we'll go on some girls trips oh my god we would that love would be amazing. That. yeah let's Absolutely. do it <laughs> yeah it's funny my brother-in-law his girlfriend was talking to us about this place in ireland the hellfire club apparently it's a place that the devil showed up oh, and wow. they were playing poker when this guy came in and he said that he would play the poker and um a card fell and they mm-hmm. thought that maybe he was cheating and when somebody went down to pick up the card they realized that the man had hooves oh so my he God. was actually he was the devil wow that's a great story yeah and the whole place was burned down so she was actually inviting us to go up there mm-hmm. maybe next week or the week after but i oh. don't know if i'd be too terrified <laughs> or we might just come across a hairy man yeah <laughs> when like and he hasn't cut his toenails and that's what it really is it's not it's not who <laughs> exactly. there it's you an go. man <laughs> does that ever happen to you that you're just too afraid to go somewhere you know, honestly, for us, it has not, because um, really, once you get into the investigation, at least for us, uh, it really becomes about the research aspect of it and the investigation aspect of it. Uh, you know, I, I would say probably 
the most suspenseful location or I guess the most creeped out, I'll use that term, um, was that first investigation at the West Virginia State Penitentiary in Moundsville, uh, just because it was our first experience. You know, we're, yeah. we're locked in this prison um, where the worst of the worst were housed for, for many years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, you know, when you have footsteps running toward you in the darkness and you know that there's nobody else in the prison or you know you hear cell doors slamming down the cell blocks that 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 does get a little bit terrifying but you know for us we we want to run towards it to see if we can find an explanation for it and if not that becomes our compelling paranormal evidence and uh so it's it's interesting you know we all we are an all-female team but we don't go in with bravado we don't go in with provoking and we also don't run out screaming um it's it's just something that we've never done you're driven by pure curiosity. Absolutely. That's a great way to say that. Um, that's exactly what we're driven by. And uh, it, it's just one of those things where, like I said, it's we want to kind of run towards it and, and stay in the moment and see if we can get some explanations or at least some answers from any entity that would be willing to, to communicate with us. And I see that like you, you've been to some like that prisons, lighthouses, mm-hmm. mansions, homes, like what, what would you find like that spirits are driven to more is there say could you say after seeing being to so many is there one type of a location like a house versus a manor or anything like that that you've driven a conclusion on I think it's a little bit different, obviously, based on the locations that we go to. I think spirits remain in different locations for different reasons. Um, so, for example, prisons and insane asylums, I, I think, personally, I think that the spirits that we communicate with there um, remain at those locations because they're afraid of the retribution that's going to happen when they cross over to whatever's next. So oh, hey. they're, they're comfortable there. Um, you know, they, you're not in a prison because you're the best of human. Um, so yeah. you're, you're there because you're, you're the worst of society and and so i think that once they once they die um it, it's one of those things where they're like well if everything is true that there's there's retribution and punishment in the next realm well then i'm just going to stay here where i'm comfortable and so that's where what what i think we're communicating with when we go to these prisons now when we go to some place like the lizzie borden house or the Velisca mm-hmm. axe murder house <clears throat> i believe that those spirits are there because they have essentially unfinished business in the fact that they were murdered instantaneously they did not see it coming their their life wasn't supposed to end at that moment um so they remained because they they haven't fulfilled whatever they think that they're supposed to fulfill before they ascend to what their life has ended exactly um so so it, it really is I think just a difference in the location and the history behind it as to what keeps a certain spirit there. Um, you know, I do think that there are some times where once that unfinished business is fulfilled, then the spirits move on and, and that they will no longer reside in that location. Uh, so, so it's a great, that's a great question. And I just do think it, it's, it's the history um, behind what happened or the events are, that are behind what happened as to why a spirit would remain. Wow. It's amazing. I would never have thought of the idea that actually somebody who had done something wrong in life mightn't want to cross over because where they're going is actually worse. Worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've often said that, you know, like, oh, I'll see you in hell or, yes. you know, not if I see you there first. <laughs> right. so, um, yeah, that's kind of a, a worry. Yeah. I mean, not that we're all saints, but, you know, you'd like to think that haven't done anything too bad yeah definitely not (laughs) prison worthy anyway are there any hot spots in america like specific states or anything that are like really haunted or something that you end up keep going back to or getting invites to go to 
I would say along the East Coast, because it has the longer history um, and, and because most of the wars were fought on the East Coast, you've got the Civil War that was primarily from the, from the, the Mississippi to the East Coast. Um, the Revolutionary War was mostly fought in, the, in New England. Um, so there's a very rich history there. Um, and so you find a lot of locations that really have those same uh, or, or have maintained those spirits from those, those battles. Um, so, for example, Fort Mifflin in Philadelphia, that was a Revolutionary War fort, um, you know, where George Washington asked a small group of men to maintain this fort and hold to the extremity while he moved his entire army away from, from Philadelphia. Right. Um, and they did that successfully. They, they held off of an entire British uh, bombardment from the water. And uh, so the, the spirits that we run across there or that we think we came across there were primarily from the Revolutionary era. Um, it was also used during the Civil War as a prison, um, a camp for prisoners. And so the evidence that we found there seemed to indicate that there's still um, some entities from the Civil War that have remained in that location as well. And so for us, we've mostly investigated on the East Coast. Uh, we've been to Ohio, which is a little bit more um, in, in middle America. We did go out to Iowa, which is in the Midwest. Um, we haven't really gone to the West Coast uh, just because of the logistics of the travel. Um, but for us, like I said, I, I think I would say that the primarily the East Coast, that's where we're focused on right now. And so far, we've, we've come away with some very compelling evidence from those locations. What was the thing that got you and your sisters and your friends involved in this type, this line of work? And mm -hmm. You know, for us, it really wasn't a defining moment. Like we didn't have one of those things where we all woke up one night and said, hey, we, we saw a spirit or whatever. That, yeah. that wasn't really how it happened. We've always had a fascination with the paranormal um, as well as the afterlife. Um, you know, we all are Christians, so we have that belief that there is something that's going to happen next, that, you know, we're not just going to cease being when we die. So we've yeah. always had that fascination with that. And so we would watch shows like popular media shows like Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures. And, yeah. and we'd, we'd, we'd find ourselves saying, well, why didn't they ask these questions? Why didn't they use this piece of equipment? Why didn't they stay longer here? And so we, amongst ourselves, we just said, if there's an opportunity for us to, to go on a paranormal investigation, we're going to do that. And that opportunity presented itself when we were invited to go to the West Virginia State Penitentiary. And from there, you know, that night, that first investigation was extremely rudimentary. We had uh, some, some voice recorders, a couple of digital cameras. I think we had one night vision video camera. And we really just went in there with that sense of exploration. And we came away with what we felt was very compelling evidence. Like I said, we had footsteps running at us when we knew that we were the only people in that prison. We had doors slamming down a cell block and, and um, men's voices when, you know, there were no men there. Yeah. And so when we left that experience, we said, well, we want to do this again. We want to go to the next one and the next one. So it really just kind of catapulted itself from that first investigation. And after we really had two under our belts, that's when we decided, you know, we want to bring a sense of professionalism if we can to this community um, yeah. and so for that you know we we got our name we trademarked our name we trademarked our logo uh, we ha we hired a composer to do our theme music um, I hired a tattoo artist to 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 create our uh, our logo thank you I appreciate yeah. that and because for us you know we f we feel that we are in a subculture and 
we're fighting that that mainstream stereotype of ghost hunters and, and investigators yeah. being, for lack of a better term, weird or kooky. And, you know, oh, for yeah. us, we really wanted to try to elevate ourselves out of that stereotypical um, description because we felt we're, we're already fighting it because we're an all-female team and because we're in that subculture. So if we could if, if we could bring that sense of professionalism to what we're doing, I think it would give a little bit more credibility to what we're doing. So, yeah. you know, we, we do like to say that we, we are unique in the fact that we're all female and we're unique in the fact that we all hold advanced degrees. So I've got a PhD. My twin has a PhD. Um, two of us have JDs, which is doctorate in law. And then we have one master's holder who has a master's in history and education. So for us to be able to use that, that, that background, that research background and that academic background, I think allows us to elevate this a little bit more. So when we're talking to, you know, just somebody on the street that we've met, we have that presence to say, you know, we're not crazy, if you will. Um, we yeah. do have, we do bring this sense of professionalism. Have to, of credence. To the exactly. Yeah. 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 You're not just, Hey, I want to talk to you about ghosts. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen any? <laughs> well, you no. know, that's funny. That, that is funny you say that because when you tell somebody that you're a paranormal investigator, they either look at you like you have three heads or they want to tell you their ghost story. Um, there's, yeah. there's very middle, there's very little middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. It's very extreme one way to the other yeah. with people. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. especially in modern days now we're, we're with you know the growth of science and technology people are like no 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 all those questions should be answered but um i like that how you guys still have you're proving with every location you're going to with every investigation you're doing you're showing that no there, there's that other layer yeah. there's mm -hmm. that gray area that we can't see but it comes out at night if you listen hard enough and you have the right equipment for it Mm -hmm. And that's to your point, again, you know, that that is something that we pride ourselves on. It's the listening. Uh, you know, I always like to say a lot of people hear, but not a lot of people listen. And for yeah. us, that's really, that's really a skill that we had going into this, but we really honed after starting these investigations. Um, you know, for example, when we go to the Brushing Mountain State Penitentiary, or when we go to Villiscaff's Murder House or whatever, we have 10 voice recorders. And so when, however long the investigation is, all of those voice recorders are running. Running. And then after the investigation, we sit and I put on headphones and we listen to every piece of that audio that we captured. And we watch every piece of uh, footage, of uh, video footage that we captured from our video cameras. And so that to us is just doing service to the investigation um, that we that we sit and, and watch that and, and listen to all of that to try to come away with something compelling. And, uh, you know, for us, because we do that, I think it has allowed us to to find evidence um, that we may have missed otherwise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you find that the portrayal through kind of modern movies or TV shows of the ghost hunting or something like that? Yeah. Do you yeah. think that um, goes against you or works for you? I, I think to, to the Ed and Lorraine Warren um, comment, I, I think they they had a very specific niche and they were able to capitalize on that to great success which they should have but they weren't 
in the time of social media. They weren't in the time of instant gratification from YouTube or Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter. So they had, they had a very different experience when they were conducting their experiments and releasing their evidence. Um, for us today, I feel that, you know, social media is great because it gets the word out that we're there, but it, because our style is not that instant gratification style, it, it is very tough for us to gain a following. Um, you know, when we do an investigation, it takes us about a month to, to go through all of that evidence and then put together and edit and, and produce the videos that we do. So, you know, when we say we're at Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, the very next day, everybody's like, well, what'd you capture? What'd you find? How'd you do? Da, 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 da. And so yeah. for us, it's like, you know, you got to wait a few minutes because we're going through all of this to give you a high quality video. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, I feel that if we were to take the style of we go into a location and do a Facebook live and that's our style, I think we would gain a great following, but I feel that we would lose evidence. We would lose that, that historical narrative that we are yeah. able to give forward in our videos. So it, it kind of runs it, it, it two extremes, I guess, to answer your question very long windedly. You know, I think social media, I mean, uh, uh, popular media does a great job of highlighting that we're there, but it does a disservice to us because we don't have that instant gratification um, experience. We don't give that to our audience. Um, we, we, we have decided that the historical background and the historical narrative is more important in what we do. Which I think actually goes back to what you're saying there. That for me would make me go, right, this is totally credible. Yeah. There is research and time yeah. put into this. Yeah, and you well, can you. see that with all the work that you've done, yeah. the, the before work on everything, all, like every the research that goes into it, you can tell that in the videos. Whereas I'd often find that if you see someone say, as you're saying, recording it on Facebook Live, is it staged? Is, yeah, to you me, know, I'm waiting for or a jump very there. shaky camera. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And then because they're like, oh, sorry, I'm on my phone. You can't necessarily hear what I hear, but I can hear X, Y, and Z. So it's not like pure recorded, then listen to carefully and then, mm. yeah. And you're absolutely right. And, and that's not to disparage those that do that type of no, style, no, that, have that yeah, type of style for sure, you know, and, and God bless them for being able to capitalize on that and find the audience base that that is willing to watch that and, and adhere to that style. For us, it is obviously different. Um, so it is it is an uphill battle for us to gain that following, because there's such a lag between the videos. But, uh, you know, like I said, I, I wouldn't change a thing on how we do our style. Um, because the his, the history is what really drives us you know if we were to go to a location and not find what we feel is compelling paranormal evidence we're still going to produce the video because we feel that the history should drive the entire episode regardless of what we get paranormally ah. um and and that's that's the reason why we do this to travel to these, to these locations and put together this historical description for those people who may not in their lifetime get a chance to experience it and uh you know i think if we can help preserve those locations that's the true nature of what we need to do i think you mm -hmm. got needs to teach this as a you know historical class i yeah. studied history in college um and if I could have done paranormal history, oh, I would have been made up. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yes, yeah. you know, that's, that's really not a bad idea. Maybe you and I should get together and, and come up with some uh, curriculum ideas. Absolutely. Where, like, it's not just, oh, are there ghosts? But what about this makes it such a, you know, what's, what is its story? Mm. And almost, you know, it could be like an almost literature, like an English-based mm -hmm. literature, as well as history, you know, the story that weaves in 
with the history yeah. to make it such a you could get a few good few classes out of that <laughs> i think that'd be a great idea actually <laughs> there's another side job now whenever you know i am a college professor uh, on the side so that's not wouldn't be something oh, bad no. to add to the add to the curriculum you know yeah so uh that's that's a, absolutely a fabulous idea okay i'm claiming copyright <laughs> I, want to, All right. I, want, I want the money for that <laughs> We have it recorded. <laughs> Emer can be your guest lecturer. Tonight. I was going to say, why don't you come in and be, be a guest speaker for us? Absolutely. I can waffle on for 40 minutes <laughs> like you'd never believe. <laughs> Has there been a particular location that you've gone to and you've really thought, we're going to get so much out of this, but there actually hasn't been any activity there? You know, honestly, we've been we've been very fortunate to capture at least one or two things at each location that we feel is extremely compelling. Um, I really thought by the the feeling of the night um, that Velisca Axe Murder House would have been a little bit more active, um, just because of some of the things that we were feeling. Again, so many things that we were experiencing. Um, we but we did capture four what I would consider very four very good EVPs that night. Um, you know, there's been places where it's actually been reversed where we've gone to a location and I just left saying we didn't catch a thing there was you know it was quiet there was yeah. nothing going on and it turned out to be an amazing experience when we went back and listened and, and watched our, our audio and video footage so for example Fort Mifflin you know that night um, we set up the, so for to describe Fort Mifflin obviously like I said before it's a revolutionary war fort so it, it's made up of what they call casemates so basically these are large uh, subterranean locations where they would store munitions um, so it, it, you go into, go into them and they're dark, there's no light pollution, very little air pollution or um, noise pollution because it's underground. Um, and then they have barrack houses. So they've got, uh, I think four barrack houses where the soldiers would stay. Um, they have a blacksmith shop there. So it, it's set up like, again, like a revolutionary war fort. Um, so when we went in that night, we set up equipment in all of the casemates, all of the barrack houses. And, uh, so we we had those stationary during the night which we do in each of the locations that we go to we we leave stationary items so even though we're not in say casemate 11 we still have things running in there that can capture audio or video and so we were going around doing EVP sessions for most of the night and I just felt, you know, we didn't capture anything. There was nothing compelling that we felt or heard or, or really saw. But then when we went back and reviewed evidence, we were capturing EVPs, uh, males responding to our questions. We captured a shadow figure that walked through one of our laser grids uh, in, in what they called casement 11. Um, you know, we were hearing noises and bangs and it actually turned out to be one of the most active in investigations that we've had so far. So it's, it, it really, really does um you know it goes back to that watching and listening um all of that stationary footage to really determine what's captured that's, it. that's amazing not by the human eye or ear but that's it that's all you'd obviously need all the proper equipment and what all equipment would you guys take with you so the first thing that that I would say that we don't leave home without is our voice recorders um because for me the voice recorders pick up noises and and um, and sounds that once we control for all of the environmental factors I can't explain 
So for example, when we were at the Gordonsville, um, uh, the Exchange Hotel in Gordonsville, Virginia, we were capturing children's voices and men's voices when we know that there's no men or children on the property. And wow. so again, that to me is extremely compelling because I know I've controlled for every environmental factor that I can think of. So when we capture those types of voices out of thin air, uh, that's hard for me to explain. So that to me is very compelling. Um, so after our voice recorders, we do have those night vision video cameras. Um, we have 20 of those that we set up in different locations around um, the, the property that we're on. And uh, so we've captured, we've been able to capture light anomalies, um, again, shadow figures, um, because a lot of those cameras we will couple with laser grids. The idea being that if a shadow walks through, it'll be easier for us to see if it cuts the beams of the lasers. So we've actually been very successful capturing um, shadow figures through laser grids um, and so that those are things we can't explain we have different pieces of handheld equipment that are designed to measure electromagnetic energy as well as, as static energy so um, k2 meters that's what they're called um, uh, we use those extensively and the compelling thing with those is when you go into a location and there's no power on and you have these things that are designed to measure for electricity start to go off again, that's very unexplainable. You know, I, I have a yeah. hard time explaining that because theoretically, if I put these things in a location when there's no power and step away from it, they should never be acted upon. They should never go off. But yet we have compelling places where they are going off. Um, we have things that have like word banks in them. So an, it's called an ovilus. Um, basically the idea being that um, the spirits can use that to form words. It has a word bank in it. And so we, um, back to the Exchange Hotel in Gordonsville, Virginia, we were capturing words that were very germane to the situation. So farmhouse, farm, kids, uh, war, all of these were things that were coming up on the, on the word bank, which was interesting. Um, we use uh, a, a different uh, uh, alarms, like laserless alarms or, or laser alarms um, to see if anything will walk through those and alarm those. Um, so we have, a, like I said, a variety of handheld equipment. We also extensively use a, a, what's called a spirit box. And that's essentially just an AM FM radio, a very small AM FM radio that's been modified to sweep very quickly through frequencies. So when you turn it on and you hit the sweep button, it basically sounds like as it's running through each of these AM and FM frequencies, the idea being that spirits can communicate with us by speaking through the white noise. So theoretically, if I have the spirit box going, I should never hear a word or a phrase, especially a phrase, because it's going so quickly through radio stations, I shouldn't hear a phrase. But uh, we were at the Ma Barker house in Central Florida, and we were sitting in this room, and I asked what happened in this room, and through the spirit box came the phrase, they murdered us, we the ones dead. And you can clearly hear that phraseology coming through the spirit box, but it's not possible because it's sweeping so quickly through those frequencies. So those are very compelling pieces of evidence, again, that I can't explain. And those are the types of equipment, pieces of equipment that we'll use. Can I also ask? Mm -hmm. no, I'm, um, I'm just yeah. saying it's amazing. <laughs> um, are cold spots the thing? You know the way I'm, I'm, I'm going off of films, but they're like, oh, mm -hmm. and the investigation programs, but they're like, oh, there's a cold spot here. So there must be a presence around. Is that there we have we have experienced cold spots um which are very compelling um that again that we can't explain and we've been able to couple that with the the problem with with cold spots for me and how we do our videos is that they're very difficult to translate over 
video. So I can say, oh, I feel cold, but that's a subjective term because where I may feel cold at 80, you may feel cold at 65. So it's very hard for me to to put that on on video. Now we do go in and we take those temperature readings, um, but we, we, most of the time don't carry a thermometer with us, um, but we'll take some temperature readings before we go into a location. Um, so cold spots do happen. And then if they're coupled with an EVP, that's just more explainable to me. So if I say, okay, I'm feeling cold and then we capture an EVP, then I'll put that in and say, okay, this is explainable. But yes, yeah, cold spots are very, um, uh, very prevalent in what we do. Um, and then also just different feelings. Like for example, um, for me personally, if I go into a location, and my, it's, it's always my left leg. If my left leg starts to tingle, kind of like when your foot goes to sleep, yeah. it, it, if I start to feel that, I, I think, okay, I think something's going to happen here. I think we've got a presence here. And typically we do. We have some things that, that happen. We'll capture EVPs or, you know, some of our equipment will go off. Um, so that is kind of my quote unquote tell, if you will. Um, you know, I don't profess to be a medium. I don't profess to be a psychic. But for me, I found that every time I had that feeling, then something is probably going to happen that night. So that's, that's what I would consider my tell. But back to your question, yes, cold spots are prevalent in, in paranormal investigations. That's me talk. And it's great that you say, obviously you learned after a while, as you say, you're not a medium, but when you get your tell, I'm sure that took a few goes and we're like, okay, no, this has happened to me in the last five locations I've been <laughs> to. It's not just a dead leg. Yeah. It's a spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I don't know what it is. It's kind of like just one of those things where, you know, to your point, it was several we went to several investigations and, and it just, I just started picking up on the fact that, you know, my, dang, my leg's tingling again. And yeah. sure enough, around that time on our voice recorders, we will get an EVP or, um, you know, the REM pods or the K2 meters will go off. So it's just one of those things that to me is very interesting and compelling. That's crazy. That's, yeah. that's brilliant. And um, so you think that you're a part-time college professor, but is there ever a time that you thought you weren't, like now looking back on it, that you were ever going to not do anything to do a paranormal investigation? Uh, we never thought we'd get into paranormal investigations. And, and when we started doing this, it was never going to be something that was a- as big as it has become for Soul Sisters. Um, you know, like I said, we went on, the first one was West Virginia State Penitentiary, and we followed that up with the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum a, a couple months later. And, you know, at, when after we did those two investigations, my family was saying, well, what's it like there? What what do you feel when you go in there? How does it look? And so we had, we had taken all of those that piece those pieces of equipment with us so I had audio and I had video and I was like well I'll just put some together some videos to show basically mom and dad and aunts and uncles and uh and then they're like well I want to share this I want to share this so then it really started after that really just steamrolling a little bit further into becoming essentially full-time paranormal investigators uh, you know we don't make money from this it, this is a labor of love it's all self-funded and uh you know we we do sell some t-shirts but you know that's that's just kind of a little side thing that we do just because just i mean just because people were saying i want a t-shirt or i want a hat and yeah. um but uh you know for us it's it's really self-funded and driven and it, it is just because we can go to these historic locations and have those experiences. I mean, I get to have these experiences with my best friends or my sisters and you know, that's what it's all about for me. And so before 2013, if, if you would have said, Oh, you're going to be a, a paranormal investigator and it's going to pretty much consume your life. I would have been like, uh, no, but, no. 
<laughs> no, not really. But uh, it, but now it has. I mean, I'm I'm always thinking about the script for the next video. I mean, I my my nights. I can't tell you the last time I've actually watched TV. It's it's just sitting on the couch watching video from investigations or listening to audio recorders from investigations because, you know, most of the time, like I said, we have 10 voice recorders and these investigations last anywhere from eight to 24 hours. And wow. so it's yeah. a lot of audio and video to go through. But uh, to me, it, you know, I, I can listen to 110 hours of static and then on hour 100, on 11, I get an EVP and it's like, boom, let's go, game on. More. Yeah, it's absolutely worth it. Um, so it really has become for me um, something that is, is totally, I'm totally immersed in it. It has, I'm not going to say take, taken over my life, but essentially taken over my life. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm always, it, it really has. And, and it, it's one of those things also where, as I said before, it is a subculture, but when you really start getting into this community, there's some great people in this community, um, yeah. you know, that, that, that are truly in it for the historical aspect. They're driven by the need to preserve history and they're driven by the need to, to really kind of understand what does come next. And so to meet these people and connect with these teams and these individuals who are other paranormal investigators to me has just been the most rewarding part of what we do. You know, we've, we've done collaborations with, with Miranda Young from ghost biker explorations and you know that to me has blossomed into the best friendship i've ever had and so yeah. to be able to do that and say I i've met this great individual through paranormal is something that is just bonus for me um so uh yeah <laughs> back to that, That's that so great. it's it's it it really has consumed my life but in a good way it seems like such a passion yeah it, it really is um you know I, I, we've always my sisters and I, you know, we've always done things. Uh, we, we don't go in and, and do things just halfway. If we're in, we're in. And, yeah. you know, that that's what it is for us. It, it really is, um, you know, because we, we, we do want to elevate this. It, it, we may not ever reach the status of, uh, of a media television show or something like that. But, you know, I get to talk to some great people from Ireland. Um, yeah. you know, I get to talk to some amazing people across the country and really share what we do and, and kind of highlight the passion that we have here. So that to me is, is, really what makes this all rewarding how did the rest of your family um take what you got because i know you're doing it with some sisters but like have you any other siblings that like aren't in this or <laughs> well we have an older brother um so it's it's our older brother and then my sister and i are twins and then we have the the younger sister there um so he was all and he's a police officer so he was always like eh, you know no whatever um but really once we started showing the videos now he says i mean he's one of our biggest fans you know he he touts what we do um, he, he, he has a t-shirt. Um, so, and that's really kind of how it did progress. You know, we, we always have, uh, every year we have a, a big family reunion. And so in, in the 2014 time frame, it was all like, oh, that's, that's really nice. That's really interesting. Your little you know? hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Your little hobby. And, uh, you know, then the, the, the years after that, 2015 and 16, um, they've become my biggest fans. Um, they, they watch the videos, they share the videos, they, um, uh, really tout us on Facebook and on Instagram and they're extremely supportive of what we do and how we do it. And, and to know that, that they're behind us, if, you know, if, if having my family as, as our biggest fans is, is really, what is worth it for me um, that's really um, you know to be able to know that I have that support and backing behind what we do um, uh, you know I just I can't put a price tag on that 
And they're also the ones who can be the most brutally honest to you. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> my, don't worry. My mother absolutely will tell me, <laughs> you know, that's junk, Chris. Get, uh, you know, you need to change that. <laughs> that's happened a few times. <laughs> We're only starting to get a feel for that now because we've only been doing this, God, two months. so at the minute now we're at the stage that's a nice hobby Mm -hmm. you never know (laughs) like and then it took over our lives and look at us there Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you're absolutely right when when we reached really you know a thousand people on facebook and um and we uh we were fortunate enough to be the first team to investigate at the mom barker house which is in our local community and uh and so after we did that you know our the the local newspaper we were written about in the local newspaper we had reporters calling us to to do interviews um you know that video has been viewed almost forty thousand times when that happened i mean my family was like okay uh, we get it now we get it and and so that that was really and like i said just to have them support us and and they've always have i mean my family is extremely close so they've always been supportive in what we do but you know to have my dad wearing a soul sister t-shirt is i mean it's it's a pretty big deal for me and uh and like i said i just can't put a price tag on on that oh that's amazing where has been your favorite place Okay, so historically, I would say I'll, I'll go back to Fort Mifflin, um, mm-hmm. just because it, it, it's just an, an amazing experience to walk into and you know touch the bricks that were there during the Revolutionary War and, and see the bullet holes and and hear the stories and know that you're walking on this ground that was so instrumental into in, in America gaining its freedom. Um, so historically, I would say Fort Mifflin is, is very much on the top of my list. Um, uh, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, I would say, is another one of those that is just an amazing experience you walk into this this large um, former maximum security prison and mm-hmm. you know the activity there was just it was really off the charts and we've had the chance to investigate there twice um, so that was a great experience uh, uh, with regard to paranormal activity I would have to give the nod to um, the old Gilcrest County Jail which is in Trenton Florida that's about an hour's west of Gainesville Florida and um, it's a very small prison it was an operation from 1928 to 1968 uh, it, it's it's just it's a but it only has four cells in the bottom um, story and then four cells on the top and then there's a small jailer's cottage and um, but that night the first time I investigated there was, it was with Miranda from Ghost Biker Explorations she and I were the only two people on the property and that night if I could call it a pure investigation that's what I'll call it because every piece of equipment that we had that night validated every other piece of equipment and that to me is extremely compelling things I cannot explain so yeah. when I have the obelisk saying the name Robert, which I, you know, we were never told the name Robert, but when I asked, we're in a cell, I asked for a name, it gave us Robert. We were able to verify Robert on the, the, the REM pod. We were seeing shadow figures. We captured shadow figures on the camera. Um, and, and so all of that back in itself up essentially to me was just a great experience with regard to unexplainable activity. I was just about to say, where can people find out more about Soul Sisters? Our website is www.soulsistersparanormal.com. And uh, so anything you want to know about us, how we formed the team, who we are, um, you know, anywhere, uh, you know, where we've gone, the evidence that we've captured, all of our videos are on the website. Um, We're very active on Facebook under Soul Sisters Paranormal. And uh, we have our YouTube channel under Soul Sisters Paranormal. And uh, we are on Instagram under Soul Sisters Paranormal, but it's not as active there as on Facebook. It's been absolutely delightful. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Our eyes into yeah. what goes into it. I yeah. didn't know there was so much work. I mean, fair play 
you know, as you say, it's a passion project. Yeah. Thank you both for having me. But Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and kind of like, Chrissy, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank Take you care. both. I really appreciate it. Y'all have a great evening. You, you too. too. All right, ladies. Thank, well, you, so thank you so much. Take Y'all care. have a great evening. Bye. 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 Well, that was that, so much yeah. fun. Yeah, like she comes at it with such a different way. Like the real historical side that she looks at things. I never would have thought that. I, I used to think that, say, like I'm basing what I watch in Paranormal Investigations from like Ghost Hunters yeah. TV show. Yeah. So when I see that, like the amount of research that they've done and the fact that she states, I'm not a medium. I don't have any, you know, claim to be seeing presences or yes. anything like that. Like she's coming at this from a real logical point of view. Absolutely. And again, it's that historical and the amount of time that they actually take to go from investigation to in any way yeah. publishing anything they take they do they put in the work they put in the pre-work so much credibility such editing in it because they don't have a team this is hard work it's a passion project again as she mentioned like it's all done their own hard hard work yeah because as she said she's about 20 voice recorders that they have to listen to all of the length of the tapes and what between eight and 20 something hours yeah. of investigation just mixed up between that gang of hard-working women whilst they all have other jobs i must say at one stage i did get a bit starstruck yeah i was like this all the degrees that they had <laughs> amazing <laughs> and just such a lovely person to, to have on absolutely and and it really made it easier it was our first interview yes and it you know she put us at such ease and calm and it was just like talking to a friend it really was i it's got me so excited for our next episode with our next guest so please do keep along this journey with us for our next episode yes which we are discussing the spooky history of our local hometown drogheda and we'll be speaking to local historian tom riley who also happens to be my uncle which nepotism I say no. Um, I just also say that he's a great man to have on for a talk. And he yes. knows his stuff about Drogheda. And he's yeah. also the man who brought in Cromwell's mask. So, um, yeah, he got to have some interesting stories there. 100%. So make sure to uh, tune in to our regular episode that goes out every Monday. And make sure to keep uh, keep on top of our Trick or Treat Thursdays. Um, we're so excited for this extra Fill series. your boots with our voices <laughs> and make sure to uh, follow us on instagram and um, because you're home with an underscore in between each word and we will see you or speak to you i suppose I look always at our picture these. look at our picture and we are seeing you look into we our will, eyes <laughs> we will land in your ear holes on one <laughs> day <laughs>